0: Hello, everybody and welcome back to the slasher show. I'm Liam the host and by now you can probably tell I'm a huge fan of the slasher subgenre. And we've gone and looked at some of the best movies to come from the slasher subgenre like Halloween and like Scream. But this episode I'd like to take a different turn and look at the fundamental issues of horror faced through its massive popularity and its exhaustion in the slasher (music) subgenre. So first, let's talk about what really caused the boom in slashers. Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho is where we really begin with the slasher genre. Its use of first-person point-of-view filming from the perspective of the killer would go to be a staple in the genre. It has the basics, a homicidal maniac determined to kill anything in his way, and an innocent female protagonist. Those three tropes for slashers to come were the equivalent of writing your name on your homework it was required. The 70s were when the slasher era truly began. In 1974, Black Christmas released and became a perfect formula for the slasher. A group of young women are picked off by a killer whose identity is unknown. In the same year, Toby Hooper's Texas Chainsaw Massacre was released. Both of these movies were critically acclaimed and laid the groundwork for the eventual explosion of slashers to come in the following decade, though neither had the cultural impact of John Carpenter's Halloween, which released four years later. Halloween put in place one of the more controversial tropes to come with slashers. The final girl will be the character to survive the killer's rampage, and she will be comparatively more innocent than the rest of the victims. The other characters have sex and drink alcohol, often leading directly to their demise. The commercial success of these movies led to the 80s being dominated by slashers, many of which followed the formula to a T and quickly become, be, caused the genre to become oversaturated and audience became bored of it quickly. <laughs> Now let's talk about what issues came with the massive slasher boom of the 80s. One of the biggest issues to come with the 80s slasher boom was the over-franchising of the more successful slashers and obvious cash grabs through excessive sequels and eventually remakes. The most successful slashers like Halloween, Texas Chainsaw, Friday the 13th, and Nightmare on Elm Street would see a combined total of 16 sequels throughout the 1980s. Though franchises would do better with sequels, Like Halloween 2, Friday the 13th 2, and Nightmare on Elm Street 3, as a whole, the sequels were excessive and likely shoddy. In 1981, John Carpenter reluctantly agreed to do the Halloween sequel, with many of the same cast and crew returning. Though many see Halloween 2 as an impressive sequel, John Carpenter did not feel the same, saying, I didn't think there was any more story to Halloween, and I didn't want to do it again. All my ideas were for the first Halloween. There shouldn't have been any more. I'm flattered by the fact that people want to remake them, but they remake everything these days, so it doesn't make me that special. But Michael Myers was an absence of character, and yet all the sequels are trying to explain that. That silliness. It just misses the whole point of the first movie to me. He's part person, part supernatural force. The sequels root around in motivation. I thought that was a mistake. However, I couldn't stop them from making sequels, so my agent said, Why don't you become an executive producer and you can share the revenue? But I had to write the second movie, and every night I sat there and wrote with a six-pack of beer trying to get through this thing. And I didn't do a very good job, but that was it. I couldn't do any more. Studios' focus on sequels often left movies' endings feeling pointless knowing there was already another movie coming that would somehow revive the already dead killer. Carpenter intentionally wrote Halloween 2 to end the franchise and prevent any sequels, with Michael Myers and Dr. Loomis both exploding. Yet once Carpenter walked away from the franchise as a whole, they picked up right where they left off, and both Michael and Loomis both miraculously survived for yet another sequel. The issue comes with any genre. Look at Marvel, Fast and Furious... Star Wars and Mission Impossible. It's easier to build off an existing franchise that has already struck gold than to start from scratch. For production companies in the 80s, it was also easier to build a movie off the established slasher formula than to come up with something new as well. Now let's have a look at what movies exemplified the worst attempts of the genre. We've already talked extensively about the best of the genre in this podcast, and we've talked today about how they've eventually declined, but I think it's equally important to understand the worst of the genre and how they contributed to the downfall of slashers. Movies like Prom Night, Leprechaun, Ice Cream Man, and Sorority House Massacre all took notes from the best and created, in my opinion, of course, bad movies that take away from the subgenre and the best movies it has to offer. Throughout the 80s and 90s, dozens and dozens of movies like these poured into theaters or even directed VHS. The public grew tired of the sequels, the cash grabs, and well, the cash grab sequels. The best of the slashers all feel different, while the worst of all kind, all kind of melt together into one disappointing hour and a half of your time wasted. The issue is that The best of the slashers all have something special while the worst all feature a plain mysterious killer with a bladed weapon who shuffles around the town or the high school or the camp or the sorority house while the poorly acted cast gets picked off one by one in between the plain dialogue and the mediocre pacing take the movie prom night for example this movie looked to cash in on the on the success of halloween by casting jamie lee curtis as the final girl in a high school prom night gone wrong slasher. The first hour of the movie spends no more than three minutes of the runtime setting up the villain, who shows up in the last 20 minutes to slaughter some high schoolers. This movie is just more 80s high school drama than slasher. Aside from some solid gory kills, this movie is just like the rest, just pretty mediocre and clearly copies from its predecessors rather than taking that inspiration and creating something fun and new. The 80s left the best writers and directors the options of staying with their slasher franchise for numerous sequels or taking the opportunity to to explore new ideas. John Carpenter would remain somewhat in horror, but in a more supernatural and sci-fi type. Toby Hooper would remain a part of the Texas Chainsaw franchise, producing and directing sequels, though he would also make Poltergeist, a blockbuster supernatural horror of the early 80s. Wes Craven stuck with Nightmare on Elm Street series for the most part, until he went to revive the genre with Scream in 1996. thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of The Slasher Show. I hope you all enjoyed this discussion as much as I did. Next week, we'll be discussing Gaspard Noe's Climax and having a discussion on psychological horror. Until then, I'm Liam Shea, and this is The Slasher Show.